This is Product by Design, a podcast by Prodigy, where we explore technology, artificial intelligence, user experience, product management, and the philosophy of building products and companies. All right, welcome to another episode of Product by Design. I am Kyle Evans, and this week we have another awesome guest, uh, Peter Schroeder. Welcome to the show, Peter. Thank you so much, Kyle. Pleasure awesome. to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you. And let me introduce you really briefly, Peter, and then you can tell us a little bit more about yourself. But Peter is an accomplished DJ, entrepreneur, and technology pioneer with over 20 platinum records, 20 years of experience creating uh, cutting edge technologies, and his latest company, a pre unicorn unified communications company that he founded, uh, Telzio. Uh, we're really excited to talk to you, Peter. Uh, so that's a brief intro, but why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself? <laughs> a little bit more about myself. Where, where do we start? Uh, <laughs> I, I feel like I've done so many different things. Um, actually my, one of my colleagues came up to me the other day and said, Hey, Peter, you live many lives, huh? I'm like, yeah, I guess I have. <laughs> Uh, I, I don't even know, uh, which one to start with. I, I guess I can say I, as, as, uh, when I was 14, I founded my first, um, uh, internet company that, uh, was a, uh, artist community is, I guess the word for it today. Um, this was back in 1998. Um, and it was really just because I had a couple of friends who were really good at drawing and painting and that kind of stuff. And I figured, well, you should probably put that online because now there's something called the internet. So I made this site where they could do that. And, and other people started emailing me pictures and, uh, and this was back when I was 14. So I did that for a few years. And when I was 18, I, I sold it because I found out that I was actually not really interested in drawing and painting. <laughs> it was, I was just really just interested in building stuff. Right. Uh, throughout my teenage years, I uh, started DJing and making music. And uh, I, I found my first band around that same time as, as when I, um, I sold the company. Um, and we started touring in Germany and, then I kind of had a good, uh, 10 years in the music industry, probably even more. Uh, yeah, maybe 10, around 10 years, uh, where I lived off of music and I had a, um, uh, I, I founded a record label that I later sold to, to Sony and, and then on the side still did a lot of coding and internet stuff. Uh, I, I wrote the software for managing the artists and the releases and stuff like that for on the label, like just stuff in general. Um, uh, and I, and I took some side gigs as well when, 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 you know, times were, uh, tough, uh, uh, worked for, uh, Denmark's, um, radio, which is, I guess the BBC of Denmark, um, uh, national, uh, cooperation there and, and helped build a bunch of things there. Um, and yeah, then eventually I had this idea for what's now Telgeo, my, my company and launched that together with my wife that I had just met back then. This is now 10 years ago. I can't believe time flies. Um, and moved to the US. I'm, I'm from Denmark, you know, so, uh, I took that step and moved over here and launched the company. That's the brief story, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm excited to dive into it. Cause I think there's a number of things, uh, that are really, really fascinating in there that we'll need to, to discuss a little bit more, but before we dive into that, you know, obviously there's a lot in there as far as your journey and, and everything, but outside of, you know, the, the business that you run and some of the other things, you know, what else do you like to do? Uh, I like to cook. That's my, uh, I guess my, my, my hobby, uh, if you can say that, because I really don't have much time to do it, but, but <laughs> it is really a, a passion. I really like to entertain and, 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 uh, you know, have, have, uh, just in general, that's also 
I mean, I guess a shrink could get a lot out of that, but, but there's, um, there's that, this whole side of me. I like to see people just enjoy themselves. And that's also why I became a DJ in the first place. That's what, what I actually enjoy about. It. It's not being on stage and people looking at me, it's actually me looking at them. Um, and, uh, same thing with, with cooking and, and, and that kind of stuff. I, I really enjoy that. And then, yeah, I, I mean, anything design and stuff like that, that's really my, uh, uh, I've always had a passion. I went to school for that because my mom told me, Hey, you have to get a real education and just, uh, play music and, uh, and all that stuff. Um, which I guess was good. Uh, I, I, am really passionate about that stuff as well. Do you have like a signature dish that you, that you make? No, it's, it's, it's funny. Um, my ADD side of me, uh, uh, I rarely make the same thing twice. Uh, I have to <laughs> constantly uh, try new things out. And that's also why, uh, like I always go full on when I do anything. That's really like, I, if I can't do it real, then what's the, what's the point? So if you look at our kitchen, my, my wife is, 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 uh, yeah, she has, she has opinions about it, but there are so every single gadget you can find in the kitchen <laughs> because, and they've only been used once. Um, but you know, it's a hobby, right? No, I absolutely love it. Ah, oh, awesome. All right. Um, well, I want to dive into a number of things that you touched on and, you know, a number of things that, that you've done in your career. And then obviously, you know, talk about where you're at now and some of the things that uh, you're working on, but I'm really interested in, you know, some of the starting out with some of the music, because you, know, you talk about, you know, some of the the platinum records and, you know, things that you did in your background, what does it take to create platinum records and gold records? And then, you know, what have you, what did you learn from, you know, some of that experience in, you know, being in a band, especially for, for, you know, 10 plus years and touring and all of that? Wow. There's a lot. Uh, <laughs> I, I would say like this, um, I, I wouldn't have for anything live without that period of my life, uh, even though I burned out and, and I'm not missing a side. It was the perfect time when, when I was, you know, late teens and, and all, basically all through my twenties, um, uh, touring, you know, I, I got to see, uh, pretty much all of the world. I, I got to experience a lot of fun stuff and make, make a lot of friends around the world. Really. Um, it's, 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 it's tough. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of, of travel and especially being a DJ, you, you, most of the time you're, uh, on your own and I'm, I'm, believe it or not, not really, uh, um, a very extroverted person. I, I, I'm not the person that definitely goes up and, and talks to strangers. So, um, so that's, it, it can get a little lonely, um, and all that stuff, but, but at the same time, I got so many incredible experiences, um, you know, saw biggest festivals and, you know, and I'm very interested, uh, in everything that goes behind uh, the scenes with, with anything really. Uh, it's also why I, I love coding and like really digging into it. Like how does this work or what makes it work? Right. And the same thing for like a festival and anything like that, or, or even the lights, uh, you know, uh, that, that, uh, how, how, what, who controls that, you know, and what, what <laughs> I can spend the whole day watching a YouTube video about a guy that, that, uh, that does that for a living. Right. So I, I, I've definitely experienced a lot of things for, 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 like what, what, what does it take to <laughs> release platinum? I don't know. Uh, honestly, um, a lot of persistence, I, I think, um, I come from a musical background, uh, my, my family, my, my mom was a really, really good pianist. Um, she was invited in to play with a symphony orchestra when she was 16, but 
wasn't allowed for 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 my uh, grandparents. Um, they said, "Well, you have to get an education." So maybe that's what she projected on me. <laughs> now that I think about it, but um, no, she she was very very talented, and and my dad, um, a drummer. Uh, you know, playing in a band my whole childhood, remembering, you know, him being out on gigs. So kind of grew up in that, uh, environment, that very creative. And at the same time, my mom was a, uh, engineer. So it was like that exact same mix that I have myself, uh, of the creative and the engineering thing. So, you know, obviously you, you have to, to somewhat have it in you. You have to have some, some kind of stuff in your, in your blood. Like, like the, and I'm not saying your parents should, should necessarily be musicians, but it's gotta be, you know, uh, from an early on, I, th- I think, uh, early age, you have to be somewhat, uh, exposed to it. And then, uh, besides, of course, some, 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 uh, I guess, talent and, and, and persistence in terms of learning, uh, and, and, and actually, you know, being able to, uh, learn how all the technical aspects of, of producing a record or writing a song or whatever you, you're doing. There's also a lot of luck and, uh, human size to it because, uh, you got to meet the right people and you got to vibe with the right people uh, because you can, no one can do this by themselves. There's, there's just no way. And, you know, the funny thing is I've, I've met so many really big A-list celebrities in my life and they're all really nice people. Like the re- like the ones that are actually, that have made it, those are very, very nice people. And, 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 and you have to be, you have to be a nice person. Otherwise people just won't, uh, you know, bet on you, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> I think the same thing probably goes to, to business in, in, in certain ways or, or at least running your company, you know, I'm getting a team behind you because no one can do it by themselves. You, you gotta get, get someone, you know, to trust in you and, and put their energy into it as well. So I think, uh, the fact that you can get someone, you know, to see or, or follow your vision and then, uh, some talent and, you know, yeah, it's, it's a mix of a lot of different things. And it was for me too. I mean, I, I met the right people at the right time. Uh, and they were cool. And they're my best friends today as well. I love some of the things that you said about, you know, first off needing to be nice, <laughs> you know, just generally needing to be good, whether that's in music or in business. Um, you know, I think that that goes a long way, uh, being able to attract the right people, uh, onto your team or into what you're doing. Um, and then, you know, being, having the persistence and having, you know, some amount of the talent and then really just needing some amount of luck too. Like it's, it, you, you have the mix of talent and, and persistence in doing it. And then you really, you do need some amount of luck to be successful, yeah. whether that's in music or business uh, and, and have that help propel you forward. So I think all of those things are, are really, really fascinating things that we could probably spend a lot of time talking about, but I, I love <laughs> some of those things that you brought up. I think they make a lot of sense. As you've kind of looked back over, you know, some of these things in your journey, would you, I guess, what would you consider maybe some of the, the, the high points and low points as far as what got you to, to where you are right now? There's definitely been a few of each. Uh, I would say, I, I mean, I, I, I've been, um, uh, evicted from, from apartments twice, uh, because, well, being in music sucks if you also want to. Uh, live <laughs> sustain. <laughs> that's the, that's the worst industry you can get in. Uh, and even though I have had some success, uh, you know, it takes a long time. No one doesn't overnight success. There's just no such thing. And, um, I think part of it is also, you have to really be willing to go all in with what you do to, to really make it, uh, and, and to, to get those right people that we're talking about to get behind you and, and, you know, also want to go all in and then magic happens. Right. So 
I've had some, some lows pretty early on, uh, when I was maybe 20, 21, where, you know, I couldn't pay rent. I couldn't do this move back with my mom on her couch, you know, and it sucks when you, uh, have just lived, uh, out for like two, three years and then you have to move back with your mom. And, and, you know, it's, yeah, that, th- those things are definitely hard, but then, uh, I think later on is really the burnout. Um, I've, I've had sometimes, uh, you know, actually at the end of, of my, my music career, I played 380 gigs in, in 2012, um, in, in a year. Right. So, wow. um, and it wasn't fun anymore. Like it, the thing for me, uh, I, I mentioned earlier, I like, I, I have pretty raging ADD and, uh, for me to make music and create, like, I, I'm good at, at understanding how my brain works and for me to, uh, be creative or produce anything really. Everything has to be perfectly set up. I be, my studio needs to be clean. It needs to be, everything needs to be connected and working. I can't have something not. And then I have all my friends that are traveling and DJing and producing music and they just have their laptop and they do it all there in a hotel room. And I'm like, I wish I could do that, but I can't. So what my point with that is, is in 2012 is I played so many gigs and I traveled so much. It was, I was never home. I was just constantly on a, on a, on the road. So I didn't make any, any new music. I, I started, you know, falling behind on that. I felt like, okay, not, now I need to pull the plug. Uh, that was, that was where I, I definitely felt like if, if I didn't do that at that point, then I, I wouldn't even have started tell you because that's where the idea to that came. Uh, I probably would still have been in music and I'm really happy that tells you kind of swooped me away from, from music. If you can say that, um, because I didn't even expect that to happen. Um, but if that hadn't happened, I, I probably still would have been in the music industry. And, uh, I was lucky enough to stop on, you know, on the top. Uh, I have a lot of friends who are not that lucky because, well, if you're in that industry and it's, it's hard to just get out of it until, un- unless something, you know, tracks you away. And then, you know, you start seeing the decline. And I think I might have avoided a even bigger. Uh, almost like a depression, you know, uh, that I've seen a lot of people do. Like some people even commit suicide. It's, you know, you have the 27 club, right? That's, and, and, and I think, I think that's, that's probably it. And if, if you were to go even further back, like when I had my record label, uh, I also had a really low where I, I just hadn't learned to say no yet. So I just overextended myself. I, uh, you know, I like to please, uh, I like to see people happy. So I, I want to help everywhere I can. I, I, and you know, that, that definitely backfired until, my back then, um, booking agent, uh, she was like a, a second mom to me. She was, she pulled me aside and said, Hey, Peter, uh, let's fix this. So I'm really thankful for that. She did that. And, uh, I, I was definitely at a point and that was also where I sold that, uh, label and, and, and just moved on, you know, there's been all, all, all like, like several of these, like downs, it's always a roller coaster, but then there's the ups, you know, where, where, uh, all of a sudden after I sold my label and I started making more music for myself, I started producing and, and working with, uh, a pop star in Denmark who like, uh, yeah, one of, one of, one of the biggest ones, uh, you know, and, and I started, you know, we just became really good friends and started doing a lot of, uh, cool stuff together and, uh, and released a bunch of, uh, bunch of records, uh, both in his name and also in mine and, and, and together, you know, collaborations and stuff and had a studio together, um, where we pretty much lived for a long time. And, and then he's the reason why I even ended up in America in the first place, because his mom is from uh, Hawaii and he had a bunch of uh, cousins in Vegas and we went out there a few times and they make music and they're in the scene out there. So they started getting, getting me gigs in Vegas. Uh, and that's where I started getting more and more 
uh, traction in, in America uh, on that side. And then I met my wife there uh, on a kick through a couple of common friends uh, out there. So, you know, I, if I, if I hadn't sold my label and I, I hadn't done all these different things and I hadn't started making music with this guy, and then I probably wouldn't be in, be, be in this position today. So yeah, it's funny how things work, right? <laughs> it is. Yeah. The, the path that takes us or that we take to, to get to certain points is, it's a fascinating one. And, and I want to kind of dive into that because, because you mentioned how, you know, you were, uh, in the music industry and then, you know, how it, you, you were navigating there and then it eventually led you to, uh, uh Telzio, mm-hmm. which is, you know, the company that you founded, uh, that you're working at now that uh, you've had for about 10 years now, you, know, what was kind of the, well, first off, maybe tell us a little bit more about what it is and, you know, what was the, what, what was the story behind that? You know, what, what was the problem that you saw and, you know, what kind of drew you out specifically out of the music industry into solving this, you know, this problem that you've been focused on uh, with, with Telzio. So uh, Telzio is a unified communications platform. Um, Or if you were to really boil it down, it's a phone service provider for businesses, B2B phone service provider. Like I said earlier, I always uh, been coding. I've always been a major geek. Uh, And uh, I had an idea for, uh, this was back in 2011, I think, uh, I had an idea, or 12 maybe, I, I had an idea on how you could use the blockchain, that was brand new back then, um, to create a network uh, where artists could promote, and both artists and labels could promote their music uh, and releases to other uh, uh, DJs and, and, and to uh, radio stations and these things and get uh, real feedback. I guess the, uh, the, the, the benefit for the DJs would be, or, or the radio station would be that they would get free music uh, if they provide feedback and, and candid feedback. And the, the more detailed feedback, the more credits they would get the other way to get more uh, free promotion. Um, so I was building this product. Um, and as I was doing that, I, I kind of launched, you know, did a, a soft launch and uh, I um, had some, some uh, a beta version running and, and I needed a, a phone number uh, for both sales and, and for some technical support, uh, stuff for, for this, this, uh, project. And I found that there wasn't really anything out of the box that I could just really quick, uh, set up and call it a day. So I started coding something or setting up some, some servers and stuff. And I started, uh, you know, writing some code to manage it because I wanted to be able to make changes really fast by myself. And as I was doing that, I was like, this is kind of fun to work with. And maybe there's a product here. Uh, <laughs> uh, and at that same time, this was, this was in, in the end of 2012, uh, uh, 2012 when I had just played a, a bunch of gigs and I was burned out by the music industry in general. Um, so that was probably also a factor why I, this was kind of a, a little bit more fun to, to work with something completely unrelated. Um, and I had just met, uh, Diana, my, my wife, uh, she was in, uh, we met in Vegas in, in August in 2012 as, as I was touring and she had come to Denmark to hang out. Um, and she was just over there, you know, and, and, and I was working on this project and I started tinkling with this idea of, of what became Celsio. Uh, and I write, wrote a couple of co- lines of code and, uh, we decided to, like, Hey, why don't you come to the U S you can get gigs here so you can sustain. And then. Yeah, see what happens, you know. And then, then I said, yeah, let's let's do it. I applied for a visa. She went back to Denmark. It took three months for me to get that visa. Uh, I applied for like a 
an artist visa because that's what I was thinking I was going to do. I was going to DJ and that was also the easiest one to get for a longer period of time for me because of my background. So I applied for that. It took three, four months. So uh, during that period, I had stored everything, uh, all my, my stuff in, in a storage facility. And I had moved up to my dad and uh, slept on his couch because I wanted to be ready to just take off as soon as I got the visa, right? Uh, and this was in 2013 in, in like January, February, March, April, I think. Uh, and Denmark in that period of the year is horrible. It's, it's not, it's not even snowy. It's just wet and gray and boring. And I was in the Northern upper part. There's no, nothing to do. I had no friends up there and I was just sitting there. So I had actually, I had peace and quiet, uh, to write, uh, the first beta of Telcio. And when my visa finally came through, I actually had a working uh, proof of concept, if you will. Uh, so I packed my bags, literally just two uh, duffel bags and uh, jumped on a plane and uh, came to Los Angeles. And my wife, who had uh, studied entrepreneurship and UC, and she's, uh, you know, uh, she had worked from, for, for, for a few startups uh, or, or, or actually bigger companies, and she knew how to run a business. So she kind of took care of that part. Uh, and then we just started growing this idea we had into what's now uh, a real company. It's a fascinating story because ultimately it starts out with you basically seeing a problem that you're having mm-hmm. in that you can't, you don't have a quick way to set up, you know, a, a basically like a, a phone service for for this thing that you're trying to start. And so you start to create your own version of it something that you can just use and set up out of out of the box that didn't exist mm-hmm. and that kind of blossoms into this broader product and broader business idea that if it doesn't exist and you need it there's probably other people who are also looking for something similar that doesn't exist and they need it for for their companies you know something that's easy to set up so a- as you start to grow this business with with your wife and and start to expand uh, you know, what was that like as, as you both developed your proof of concept and started to, uh, to take it to market or, you know, get other users or customers, um, you know, how did you, how did you start to approach that? And, and I guess, what was the initial response as other people started to use it or, or try it out? It was very basic in the beginning. Uh, we had just made this like very, very, uh, simple phone service that, you know, you, you could set up a, a menu, press one for sales, press two for that, you know, and, and then you could get forwarded to someone's cell phone. Really. That was, that was really the, the very basic first version. Um, and I posted it on a couple of message boards, um, online and people actually signed up. I think we got, I don't know, uh, 50 accounts in within the first couple of months, uh, of, of, of some small businesses that were using it. And, you know, we had a very, uh, low cost, simple uh, pricing structure. And, and then, uh, you know, instead of, 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 of doing the whole fundraising, uh, Silicon Valley model, because we're just not, we're just not like, like that. We're not the, the you know, we're not professional fundraiser racers. Uh, we are, uh, product people and nerds and, and, you know, so we, we wanted to just build cool stuff. Uh, so instead of raising a lot of money, we took a little bit of friends and family money the first year. Um, and then we really just, uh, kept growing it organically. We've never spent a dollar to this day on advertising. Uh, it's always just been what we've, we've done what we're good at. We built a cool product and done good SEO. Uh, and 
we've we've kind of had this this whole thing where uh, every time we add a couple of customers, they usually ask for a feature, uh, or maybe there's a couple of of, of, of potential customers that uh, ask for some feature that we don't have, and uh, you know, then we built it, and all of a sudden we can cater to. Uh, a little bit bigger type of customer or, you know, like, or, or we, we, we broaden our, um, our, our, our market a little bit. And, and we've kind of done that the whole way. So it's, it's really just been, uh, adding stuff when people ask for it or, or when we saw the potential for something and, or, 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 you know, had an idea. We've had some, some features that we, that never existed before that we've, uh, that we just built because, well, this makes so much sense and it would be really cool if you could do it this way. And now all of our competitors today have, have copied you. You'll, you'll see these things with all providers, but we were actually just, you no, know, the first ones to build it just because we saw, Hey, maybe what if we do it like this, this, and you know, um, and, and that's kind of been, been the, the philosophy of the whole way. We, we look at, at, uh, what, what are people asking for? What's, what's needed? And then we add it and we, we make sure that it's easy to use because we have this, like, don't want to have a lot of employees. I hate managing people. That's the worst thing. Uh, so everything I can do to keep our headcount down, uh, I would rather spend five days doing that than five days on training someone. So, um, we've really tried to design the whole product around, uh, making it so easy that we don't have to hire a uh, of, 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 uh, uh, customer service reps, uh, tech supporters and sales and, 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 and all that. And, and just make sure that, you know, we can, we can, that it just works, you know, and then we've just been, been, been doing that for now 10 years. Of course, along the way, there's been, you know, we've, we've, we've done some significant things in terms of, you know, uh, the engineering behind it. And, um, and we're, we're, we're launching a bunch of things that we've worked on for the past three years. It's not just, you know, uh, this little, you know, baby bites, uh, kind of model, but, uh, but the whole, philosophy is really just to, uh, uh, grow it organically. I love that. Cause you know, there's obviously like, you know, multiple approaches to take as far as, you know, how, how you go about a business and, and, you know, there's the, on, on one side, you know, maybe more of a, a sales led approach. And then kind of like you're describing like a very product led approach where you, you build it in such a way that you, uh, you know, people can get in and use it. And you, you don't need the both, you know, the, the quite the sales force going out and, and pushing it and, and the support to go out and you'll know, get people set up and, and all of those things, which is from what you're describing is, is from the very foundation, how you wanted this to function and you'll be able to get in and set up and just have it work right out of the box, which is, uh, I mean, I love that as, as a product person, that's the kind of thing that I absolutely love as well. So, you know, being able to get in and use a product and, and have uh, the ability to do that, you know, as the industry has changed and, and you kind of reference this a little bit, you know, as you've seen lots of changes happening, especially recently, um, you know, how, how have you approached that? Um, you know, we've, we've obviously seen lots of changes, uh, in, in the world, in lots of different companies and, and in markets, uh, over, even just the past few years and, and more recently, um, you know, what has been your approach as things have, have continued to change for businesses and companies and, and obviously for your company as well? Um, you know, what, what have you seen and what have you been, been working on most recently? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, uh, there's always a lot happening. I, I have this, um, mantra, if you will, or, 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 or thing I actually have written on a note here, uh, 
everything is always changing. Uh, you got to remind yourself that if you, if you forget that everything is always changing, then you fall behind. And that's what you see, uh, all the time, uh, businesses. I mean, uh, best example is probably recently uh, Bed Bath & Beyond. They didn't uh, see that everything is always changing and now they're out of business. So, and, and uh, actually also the, the whole ADD thing, right? I, I, uh, uh, I, I, I'm never going to be satisfied with what I have. I have to constantly improve, change, update, uh, at, uh, all these different things, you know? So, um, we, we, we are definitely seeing a big change right now. Uh, we, we saw a really big change in the, in the unified communication or in, in telecom in general back in around 2000 when things went from, uh, old phone, uh, uh PBX, uh, old school, uh, phone systems, you know, PBXs that you have in your closet, um, to VoIP and hosted VoIP, uh, cloud based phone systems and that stuff. And now 20 years later, we're seeing an even bigger change, um, from, uh, hosted VoIP or, or, or phone systems to, all kinds of communication, like just having a phone number is not good enough anymore. You have to be able to, you know, meet your customers wherever they want to be met. Um, whether that being a phone call or an email or text message or a website chat or a direct message on Twitter or, uh, a freaking, um, um, pigeon coming in with a message, you know, <laughs> you need to, 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 to be available. So, so that, that whole change is, is definitely something that we've been, been, you know, that, that, that's happening at the moment has, that has been happening for the past couple of years. And then slam on top of that, you have the whole AI thing that is, you know, definitely changing things in the, uh, business communications world. Um, but we've been seeing that, you know, we've, we've been expecting these things and we, it's not like we're, we're blind and we've actually spent the past three years preparing for, uh, the come of the AI, if you will. <laughs> um, and, and, uh, I think actually back in 2017, we registered AIattendant.com uh, because we need uh, a product. We just needed the, we just, we were basically just waiting for the technology to be ready for it, but we knew it was going to happen. And uh, so we started preparing and now we're rolling out, uh, uh, you know, a, a full on customer service sales uh, representative that can answer your customers wherever they want to be 24 seven in whatever language they speak better than an employee that has worked for you for 10 years. Um, and it's funny because you would think that the big companies like Apple would already have that by now. I mean, they have Siri, which is pretty good, but I made a call to them yesterday. And uh, I mean, I hung out, up, out after a minute because uh, I got so frustrated when I said that I wanted to speak to uh, their business uh, sales department to uh, find out how I could buy laptops in the Philippines. Uh, and it sent me to tech support and asked me if I had problems with Apple pay, like, <laughs> what's, you know, uh, so that's, that's kind of what we've been talking about. That's been AI or what people have called AI for the past 10 years. And, and I just haven't been wanting to build something like that. Now we have this new thing where you, you can actually answer questions and, and understand what, what people are asking. Um, and we've been, you know, preparing for that. And we're now launching uh, products around it. Uh, so it's really exciting. You know, there's a lot of things happening. It's, it's not just everything is always changing. Everything, everything, everything is changing right now. That's really exciting. And, and I think that, you know, the, obviously, you know, a lot of the language processing and the AI and, and the machine learning behind it is a super fascinating angle uh, for a lot of what everybody's doing and a lot of, you know, obviously what you're doing and, and probably what we'll be seeing 
more and more of in the future. And I agree with you. It, it's amazing to me that the place that we're at with it right now, because it, when, I mean, I, some of these interactions are still so with, with some of these uh, chatbots uh, are, are still so bad, but then we have the potential for it to be so, so much better. And, and we're seeing that um, just move by leaps and bounds uh, in, you know, over the past few months or over this past little while, it's been absolutely incredible. Where do you see that going forward, both for, uh, you know, what you're working on and, and, uh, in general for, you know, a lot of the customers that you're working with, um, you know, what, what do you see, I guess, the biggest impact being and where you kind of see this, uh, being implemented both in what you're doing and, and, you know, possibly what they're doing. Uh, there, there's a lot that's going to happen. Uh, there, there's some very low hanging fruits that you're going to see, uh, being implemented over the next year. Um, like I already touched on, you know, uh, having, uh, an AI that can answer, uh, questions on behalf, like whether that being, uh, customer service or tech support kind of question, or if it's actually sales, um, when potential customers call you, um, or text you or whatever they do, uh, in any language, that's, that's a, a low hanging fruit that, uh, you know, we're rolling out and I'm expecting that, uh, everyone else in our industry is going to be rolling out soon. Right. And, and if you don't, then why don't you just, uh, close down your company right now because you know, you're going to see a shift right now. That's the, where you'll see some, some smaller uh, players like us uh, rise. And then you'll probably see some of the, the, uh, the bigger ones with the big ships, you know, that they can't turn as fast. And, and that, that might be a, a couple of those that will fall, fall off um, over the next year or two. And then you'll see uh, new products uh, or new uh, uh, features as this AI is, is developing, you'll, you'll start seeing things where instead of just um, reacting to whatever you're asking it to do, it's going to be able to start uh, being proactive. So from a, from a business point of view, I mean, you could, you could say, Hey, uh, retention is probably one of the, the, the first ones, right? It, retention is one of the harder ones. It's, it's easier to retain a customer than to gain a new one. And, um, you know, ha having something that can find out uh, which of your customers you need to focus your attention on to retain them at any certain, certain uh, period of time. And maybe even automatically, uh, uh, remediate whatever issue they might be having or whatever, uh, needs to be done for you to not lose that customer. That could be as, as, as little as, you know, giving them a call, send them a message, say, Hey, we're still here, uh, instead of them, uh, going elsewhere next time they need to buy something or, you know, things like that. Uh, so, so you, you're going to start seeing this like more proactive where the whole context of, um, your user, your, your customer base, uh, and, and whatever relationship you have to any of, of them comes into play and the AI will be able to act on, on tiny clues that a human just can't pick up on, or, or you know, even no matter how well your CRM is. Uh, so, um, that that's probably one of one of the first ones you're gonna see, and then there's gonna be a lot more stuff going. I mean, I think visual stuff is is gonna be interesting to see. Uh, you're already starting to to see some very impressive things um, on, on on that side. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. As far as the you know, you, you mentioned a, a little bit about um, being a, a graphic designer by trade, and 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 that being such an important part of, you know, what you do, how has that impacted your approach to both your company and, you know, the, the coding and development and, and everything that you do as, as you've created 
uh, tells you specifically? I'm, I'm definitely of, of this like design first, uh, mindset. I have this, uh, uh, I think, I think about it this way, like everything has to be wrapped nicely, but also when you develop a product, uh, for me, at least, uh, it's easier to, uh, get inspired and, and figure out what to build if I have something visual in front of me first. Uh, so, uh, I usually start by, uh, of course, some wireframing and stuff, but, but actually creating a high fidelity design, uh, as one of the first things, uh, instead of. It might even be before I have completely spicked out all the features and the functionality and the UX and all that stuff. Um, but having something that visually is good looking and pleasing, um, help me help, at least me, helps me to, to kind of like, like get inspired on, on, on building the, the actual product and shaping the product. But on top of that, it also helps you, uh, sell it and pitch it to your team and get everyone excited, uh, to, to work on it and build, build it and get people, you know, uh, you know, to do their best job and because you need people to be excited about what they're working about. And otherwise they're just going to do exactly what they're told instead of, you know, challenging your ideas and, uh, and, and coming up with, with even greater stuff together. Right. So, so I, I feel like design is really important from a really early stage in, in products, uh, even before UX, I would almost say, because if you have something to look at, you, that, that it looks like a final product, you can also tell really easily like, oh, this is, this feels wrong. This, it, it doesn't feel right when I click here or when, when I, when I, that's, this is, this is not the right thing I'm looking at first or my eyes are not gazing at. So there's all these different things that uh, come into play. And on, on, on the other side uh, of design, there's the whole, um, perceived value, uh, I think is the best way to explain it is, you know, the best comparison is really Apple, uh, you know, you, you, you get a really good laptop. I, I'm a big Apple fan in general, like been using Apple's for, well, I mean, uh, since G3 machines, uh, when I was making music on those, I, I've always been a big fan of, of, of Apple. Um, and, and they have good, good, uh, devices, but they also wrap it the right way. Uh, they understand that the wrapping, you know, and, and by wrapping, I mean, uh, anything really from the design of the product, but also to the actual box that it comes in or the website and the marketing material, everything design, uh, is thought well thought through, um, looks really, really nice. And it's accompanies the, the product. Uh, it, it, it's, it looks as nice as the product is. Okay. So you can have a really nice product, really well working product. And if, if, if the, uh, the perception when people look at it the first time isn't there uh, is, is, is the, if the perception is just like, uh, uh, not matching the, the quality of the product, then, then you're going to, you're going to lose out of, 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 of a lot of, uh, of business really, uh, at the end of the day. So I feel like, uh, you know, there's, there's so many things that design, uh, can do for business. And, and I think it's very underestimated for so many, uh, companies out there. Uh, I, I wish I had five more designers on my team. Uh, I want everything designed, uh, designed. Um, and for, for Telcio, I can say, uh, we are a small company in, in a, in a really, really big industry. There's some really big players out there that we're trying to, I mean, AT&T and T-Mobile, like have billions of dollars that they're spending on, on, on marketing and, and these things. So our product is at least as good as what they can deliver. Uh, which means that we need to make sure that everything we put out in the world looks at least as good as theirs. So I'm very, uh, 
uh, adamant with my team that you do not ever, not, not even if it's just like a, a little a PDF that with a little letter to a customer or something, send it out unless it's been either uh, created by a template or reviewed by a designer. Uh, it doesn't matter what it is. It has to go through that process. We have to be very, very strict about it because again, uh, we need that perception to match our product from the, from the beginning. I love it. I, that makes absolute sense and is such an important part because going to that Apple example, the level of detail, both in the, you know, from the packaging all the way to the inside, you know, and, and this goes back to like Steve Jobs, you know, the inside of the machines, you know, being designed things that people don't even see. Yeah. Uh, it's that important, the design. And I absolutely love that mindset as well. I think, I think it's, it's great. What, uh, what, what advice would you give for anybody who is looking to, uh, you know, start their own company, uh, and, and get into, uh, entrepreneurship or, or, uh, founding a company like you have? I would actually say be, be naive and persistent. I feel like I probably wouldn't have started Telsio if I knew back then what I know today. Uh, <laughs> uh, like I said, it's a very, very, very big industry, high barriers to entry, uh, huge competitors, a uh, lot of regulation, all these different things that are very, very hard. Um, now I'm, I'm extremely uh, competitive and persistent. Uh, so I'm, I'm like that kind of guy, like no matter how many times you, you push me over, I'm, I'm just going to bounce back up and like wiggle a little bit. So I'm, I'm like, uh, you know, I, I definitely have that, that thing. And, and I was very naive, you know, going into this industry, you know, thinking I could compete against these big guys. And it wasn't until, uh, maybe five years in that I actually realized what I was, what I was in the middle of doing. And at that point I was already so far in that I mean, Hey, I'm not going back now. Now, now it's, now, now I'm like, uh, now it's a competition, you know, like <laughs> now I have to win. So, um, I, f I feel like that's also why we have been able to get to where we are today without VC funding or anything like that. I don't think any of our competitors at all in our industry has done that, uh, ever because it's, it's, it's so competitive and it's so, such a big market. It's such like just the technology parts is, is, is very, see. and I think without knowing obviously, but, but I think, um, that goes for, for most industries, like whatever you're working with, it's, it's, uh, there, there's always going to be some kind of, of, uh, barrier to entry. That's going to be hard, uh, at least to make it, you know, and play the, the big league. Um, and you have to, in some ways be kind of a little bit naive and say, Hey, yeah, of course I can do that. Uh, I, I can, beat those guys. I'm just me right here, you know, with the laptop, I'm, I can be, beat AT&T. Why not? Um, but, you know, having that uh, almost blindness and naive uh, uh, mindset from the beginning, I think is really important uh, if you really want to make something unique and, and big. Um, that would probably be, be one of my, uh, you know, if I wasn't to go with any of the big cliches, uh, in terms of, of, uh, uh, of advices, I think that would probably be my, uh, be the one. That's great. I, I love it. Uh, Peter, this has been a, a great conversation. I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed it and I've got a couple of wrap up questions, uh, as we kind of end things. Uh, but before we do, you know, where can people find out more about you, about Telzio, about uh, any of the things that you're working on? 
Um, I have a very basic website, uh, petersroder.com. All there is is my name and then some links to the different social medias I have. So that's probably the easiest place to go. Um, I would say ping me on any of the the things that are listed, petersroder.com, Twitter, LinkedIn, all email, email, everything is there. Um, and always happy to talk. Uh, I'm very, very social. So please do. Perfect. All right. And we'll put the link to that in the show notes so you can click on that and connect with Peter and check out uh, what he's working on in Telzio. Um, all right. Well, you know, we usually like to wrap up uh, with a couple of uh, just kind of open questions so they don't have mm-hmm. to be uh, product or business related, but um, have you read or watched or listened to anything recently that you found particularly interesting or would like to share? I feel like anything AI right now uh, coming coming out on... Uh, from 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 OpenAI, uh, I, I I'm very like uh, deep into their blog posts and and, and whatever they write. Um, just trying to understand how they built ChatGPT and reading the documentation for it. Uh, like it sounds dry, right? Uh, and it might just be because I'm a major geek. Uh, but just reading through that uh, and understanding what you can do with it, that's very inspiring, and that gives me a lot of creative ideas when I do that. Uh, you know, like I, my mind starts, you know, wondering and, and, Oh, what if you put those two things together then you could build this and this and this, that will probably be it. So it, it, even though it sounds dry, read the documentation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I love it. I think that's, that's absolutely great. Um, awesome. And then are there any products that you have been using, uh, and enjoying or maybe not enjoying, uh, and that can be physical products or digital products. Um, there's two. Uh, if I was to talk about design, uh, in particular, I am a major fan of Stripe, uh, and that's probably been mentioned before in your podcast as well. <laughs> I, I just, uh, so Telgio is, is very much like Stripe, uh, in, in the ways that, you know, we're in an old, uh, industry doing things in a new way, uh, with a product where, uh, everyone gets everything uh, from the second they sign up, uh, without, you know, different tears and all that stuff. So it's like very similar in many, many ways. And then also the whole mindset of around design is very much, uh, the same. Uh, I feel big fan of them. Um, they're doing a phenomenal job and then whimsical. Uh, I use that for so many things. It's, um, it's this little browser based, uh, a drag and drop, uh, float chart, um, uh, wireframing, uh, product that is so lightweight that it's actually usable. Uh, I feel like a lot of those kind of products out there are so complicated and so extreme, but this just works so well. And you can, you know, work on the same thing, kind of like you do in Figma or something where where you see each other's mouse uh, moving around and, and, you know, you can share files with your your team. We use that a lot until it tells you, and I'm just a big fan of them. They, they, they built a good product. Yeah. Yeah, those are those are two really really good ones. Stripe and Whimsical, uh, mm-hmm. absolutely agree with that. All right, well, Peter, this is again, this has been an, a great conversation. Appreciate all of your insights and uh, the you know a lot of what you have shared. Uh, so thank you again for for joining us. Um, it has been an absolute pleasure. It was been it's been a lot of fun and and uh, really excited to be uh, be part of the of this the show. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. All right. And thank you everyone for listening. We'll talk again next time. Thanks again for listening. If you like the show, be sure to follow or subscribe on your favorite podcast app. You can follow the show on TikTok at prodigy.co. 
and on Twitter at Prodigy Co. You can also follow me on both of those platforms at Kyle Larry Evans. If you want more product conversation, check out my newsletter Prodigy at Prodigy.co. You can also follow me on Medium at Kyle Larry Evans or check out my Medium publication Prodigy. Of course, you can check out all these links in the show notes. Thank you.